welcome to Soundtrack to My Life. And this is your host, Carol McNamara. And I am really pleased to be joined by with Mary Coffey of Tomb Graney. How are you, Mary? Fine, thank you very much. Look, it's great to have you here. And we're going to explore some of your musical choices and some of the, the memories that are maybe associated with, the, with, with those songs and pieces of music. So just to kick off, Mary, just tell me a bit about your roots in this area in, in, in terms of your family roots and coming to live in East Clare. Well, my mother and father were both from the area. My mother was born in Mount Shannon and my father in Scariff. Um, and, of course, they had to emigrate to London um, when they were young. Yes. Um, and they got married in London. They went over to Cousins. Um, and that's where I was born then and where I grew up. But I think my mother in particular never felt that anywhere except here was her home. Really? Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. Did your father assimilate more or settle better there? or? No, I suppose he, he was working and yes, yeah. it, it was just different. He, he he also was very attached to home, yes. but for her it was a very strong yeah. uh, connection. And we came every summer. We, we all came. We, My mother and myself used to come and then my father would come when he was on holiday was to bring us home. Packing up the, the car or going on the boat and the train or how did you come over? <laughs> initially, initially we came on that dreadful boat. Yeah, the yeah. princess Maud was the absolute worst of yes, all of them yeah. and I remember from Fishguard or from Hollyhead or? from Hollyhead oh, yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. we used to uh, our cases used to get thrown off in Bird Hill and we used to have to jump off almost while the train was moving <laughs> because it was really uh, wasn't a big stop on the yeah, line that, it was a big journey in those days it, <coughs> it certainly was, it yeah. certainly was but it was very exciting as well to be coming home I suppose yeah. and would you stay long when you when you be in we did uh, we used to stay at least a month we used did to you? stay yeah. with my uncle and aunt and my cousin Mary yeah. up in, in just beyond Mount Shannon up in Glen Farm. Oh, right. so okay. That was a bit of an idyllic yes, summer for yes. me anyway. So plenty of swimming and do you remember the weather as being good all the time? <laughs> it always seemed to be good and because my parents were older when I was born um, they were very overprotective and I was an only child so they didn't really think going out in London was such a great idea but I had great freedom when I came here and myself and my cousin had head off for the day and no one yes. really looked for us until we yeah, got back and that, that would be night. a big change from you. You you told me you grew up in Chelsea, mm. in London, mm. and so as you say, there, there would be a need to be more protective in those situations. So you had a more you were more like a free range <laughs> child when you came to Absolutely. Ireland. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think your first choice you told me uh, reflects that time and coming back to Scariff uh, on holidays. Is that right? It does. When we got to be more into into teenagers, and I certainly wouldn't have been allowed out very much in London to any of those sort of uh, clubs or pubs or discos or anything but we used to go to Boyce's yes. in Scarif. Now describe Boyce's for, for Boyce's, the younger generation. Boyce's was a sort of like a sweet shop I think. Yeah, halfway um, up um, halfway up the hill in Scarif, in, Scarif, in Bridge Street. It was yeah. very small Yes, but I think probably Mrs Boyce was a good businesswoman. Mm -hmm. um, she sold ice creams called Pink Ladies <laughs> which were <laughs> I, <laughs> and she had a jukebox. <laughs> I'm sure you, there's, you've, you've already ticked the box of loads of our listeners who talk about uh, it was slightly before my time being about, but certainly my husband and and all the family always talk about pink ladies and the jukebox it was kind of legend and I've seen quite a lot of old photographs taken 
taken outside. Boy, so it must have been a pretty special place to kind of hang out and be a be young in and be a teenager it in. It was. And yeah. for me, it was the freedom as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So and did she stay good. open late? I mean, was it an evening thing? Ah, no, I don't think we were <laughs> that late. <laughs> Even if it did, I don't think we were there that late. We were okay. probably collected early enough. Okay. <laughs> so what is that? What is your first choice from thinking about those days and voices? Uh, well, I suppose one thing that was played a lot was Things by Bobby Darren. And any time in subsequent years when I heard it, it would bring me back to those days <laughs> with Mary and myself and whoever else in voices. So we're going to kick off with Mary Coffey's first choice of Things by Bobby Darren. Like a walk in the park Thanks. Like a kiss in the dark Thanks. Like a sailboat ride yeah, yeah. What about the night we cried Things like a lover's vow Things that we don't do now Thinking about the things we used to do And the heartaches of the friends I'm talking to You got me thinking about the things we used to do That was lovely. That was thinking about pink ladies and voices and uh, memories of that time. And I'm with my guest Mary Coffey and we're, we're talking about musical influences, Mary. Was there music in your house growing up? You know, with your family? There was, yeah. My mother played a concertina. So she played very often and she also loved music. She was also quite a fan of the Beatles. Her favourite was Ringo Starr. I'm not quite sure why, but um, it was a long way from a concertina. Yeah. But we had house parties very often and when anyone was over from, from Scarif or Mount Shannon, they migrated to yes. our house quite Did frequently. you learn anything? Did you learn any instrument? No, then? she didn't think we were that great. <laughs> Okay, so you were exposed early on then to quite a lot of Irish music. Tell me about your second choice of, of track here. Well, my second choice was also in, in Scarif, and it was nothing to do with traditional Irish music, but we were allowed to go to um, the Merriman Tavern when it opened, so that was sort of our first venture into, I suppose, what you might call a nightclub, so... That was another another step on my journey, if yes, you like, yes. to, to growing up. Yes. Um, and it was a really fascinating, fabulous place at yes. the time. It was a wonderful and, and experience. I've probably said it very often on this radio station. That's where my husband and I met. We were both working <laughs> oh, there. <laughs> so we go back a long way in uh, memories of the tavern. And in fact, in doing this programme, uh, and we've probably done maybe 28 or 30 programmes, I think, we, I don't know how many people... Almost everybody, and not all, all local people, have referenced the tavern in their memories and in the soundtrack. So it was a very influential place, wasn't it? You know? It was, and, and they had really famous uh, groups. I mean, it was where I would have heard a lot of the Irish songs that I would have heard growing up. Yes, that, yeah. say, if we had house parties, people would sing, and yeah, they yeah. were the kind of songs, and then we moved to the next level. But, no, it was, it was a, a, a super atmosphere yeah. and great... For a, a, a small village. Yes, it was. Yeah, crowds used like to be enormous, you know. Yeah. And you know that you didn't like you didn't have to go to Ennis or Limerick. It was yeah. so it was so yeah. local, and yeah, you just really needed the. Well, I remember it being fifty pence in as well, and you know <laughs> you didn't really need a lot of money to be there, you know. No, money wasn't something we had a lot of. I remember the other thing we did, which we probably retrograde in in that way. We 
went to uh, Cayley in where they used to be held down what the bank is now at the end of Scarif. Yes, yes. Um, and it was Canon Daffy, I think. Yeah, and in, in the hall there. In the hall yeah, there. But yeah, yeah. But he had nobody at his particular Cayley that night, but there was another one on in Timgraney. In the hall in Timgraney. <laughs> and our parents were horrified when we asked for our money back so we could go to Timgraney. <laughs> somewhere where it was livelier. That's very good. That's very good. Um, so... Let's listen now to your second choice, which is Four Green Fields by the Fury Brothers. Davy Arthur, I suppose, Fury Brothers. This next song is a song which was written by a great friend of ours, a man called Tommy Makem, and it's a song called The Four Green Fields. My children, they died 
high mountain valley and stream and a wailing cry that shook the very heavens and my four green fields ran red with their blood said she what have I now said this proud old woman what have I now this proud old woman To take it from me But my sons have sons As brave as were their fathers And my four green fields Will bloom once again Said she listening to Soundtrack to My Life and I'm with my guest Mary Coffey and we've just we're just coming to we'll be talking about her third choice of music next but Mary you you've been talking about the holidays and being back in Ireland but what was school life like in London what was that like it was quite interesting uh, um, I mean junior school was uh, an Irish Catholic school mm-hmm. the, the oratory Oh, yeah. um, and they were very cruel. In Brompton, I, Brompton, Brompton or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought they were very cruel. They yeah. weren't. They weren't kind. They yeah, were yeah. very harsh. Yeah. Um, and uh, corporal punishment, or even psychological punishment, mm. was a big favourite. Yes. Um, which was awful, I thought, for small children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I went to La Retraite in Ballam in secondary school. Okay. And that was a completely different environment. But also that a was, convent, was it? It was a convent, yeah. yeah. But yeah. more liberal and different. Well, they were just kind. Yeah. yeah. They were just kind. I mean, yeah. it was, again, it was quite strict. And we had really ridiculous hats. And they had things like you couldn't take your blazer off without, you took your gloves off and you couldn't wear a cardigan in the street and oh yes there's a lot of rules about um about but they were very kind they were nice and that was a much nicer experience and when you did your exams or did you you, when you when you finished your exams and and leaving school did you did you know what you wanted to do or did you no i hadn't a clue really yeah not quite a drifter but i really didn't have any idea there was nothing no burning ambition no ambition no no really and so i had done a secretarial course somewhere along the line and i went to work um in piccadilly circus which was extremely nice but it was for a company called rio tinto zinc 
um, which was mind-blowingly boring. <laughs> was it <laughs> a mining? With you, was it a mining mined zinc somewhere? <laughs> Vermiculite actually was what they mined somewhere in. Was it a, Africa, an office somewhere. job? Um, it was an office job, yeah. So yeah. I kind of knew that wasn't for me and I got one of these career guidance books and and in that I found radiotherapy. So oh, wow. I applied to Hammersmith Hospital and got accepted. And was there. that like an internship then? I mean, was your training within the hospital? Yeah, in those days the training was in the hospital and you did the exams of the College of Radiographers or the Society of Radiographers. Yes, and how many years was the training? Three. Three, Three yeah, yeah. So you, were you good at science at school to have gone um, to something like that? No, not necessarily. Actually, when I went for the interview, the fact that I was prepared to give up a salary okay, yes. was probably... I'm probably um, a little bit more mature than just the, the yeah. school leaver. So and, yeah. That was probably a big thing in my favour that yeah. they thought realised I thought about it quite seriously. So how do we get to the small faces being your next choice? <laughs> Where does that come in? I, I, one of my friends, his father was the manager uh, he was a pop group manager I think he was the, the Nashville teens were one of his groups and he had some connection with the kinks but he needed a secretary for a few weeks and they were in an office in Carnaby Street and it sounded more interesting than Rio Tinto yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there for four weeks before I started radiotherapy and did this man manage then the small faces he did, as well yeah, the small faces were then his big find yeah. as it were and did you ever because, get to meet any oh of them? I did yeah, yeah because they were in and out of the office all the time but they were only children yeah. they were even younger than I was at yeah. the time yeah. so I remember one of them had their 16th birthday while but that was at the time when they actually became really very famous. Yes, so and this is such a wonderful was... song. And I just think it's a wonderful song of the summer. You know, oh, yeah. Ichigo yeah. Park is just... And it was great experience looking out the window at Carnaby Street. And yes, the, wow, being in the, Carnaby Street. Uh, yeah, and all the different gear and Yeah, everything. the fashion so, of the time. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and it was a big transition for me from one phase into another. Yeah. So, so. so marking that time, we're going to play Ichiku Park by, small, by the Small Faces. It's all too beautiful. It's all too And uh, off-air, Mary has just told me about other exciting jobs that she had, where she was an usherette in some of the some of the theatres. In the Strand. Yeah, in the <laughs> Strand, my goodness me. And before she went into the world of radiotherapy, which was very different. So what was it like to be a student radiotherapist in Hammersmith at that time then? What was, what was, was, was it... Uh, you know, was it fun as well as being hard work or was it? It was fun. Yeah, it, it was fun. And it's very strange because people think, obviously, radiotherapy, they're all cancer patients and people feel that it must be a very sad or a very depressing environment. Mm -hmm. But actually, it's not like that at all, because you can't be depressed. No. 
around patients. I mean, it's not good for you and it's not good for them. And there tended to be very light atmosphere in yes. the end of the day. And yeah. really collegiate, there was a really strong team spirit. Yes. Um, and somewhere like Hammersmith was so heavy into research or how things could be done differently or thinking of new ways that yes. it was quite an inspiring place. What were their specialties then in, in, in cancer specialties? Would, would they have had particular specialties in Hammersmith? Just it was, not it was, in everything those days. was huge. In yeah. those days, it was. I mean, I mean, the consultants had, had were specialised even in those days, but it it treated everything. Yes. Really did you live everything. at home at that time, or did you did you live? No, in I, lived at home. I lived at I home. I lived at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. So your next choice of music is oh, sort of from the, obviously from that same time, really. Of um, You've picked the Walker Brothers. Why have you picked... Oh, sorry, you've picked Scott Walker, is it? Scott, I forget, Walker, Scott Walker, as opposed of the Wal to the Walker Brothers. Well, of the yeah. Walker Brothers, yes. Well, I suppose it, it was a funny twist in my later life mm. because when we were allowed out, obviously, when I was working, then we could go out and we used to go to the Marquee Club in Soho oh, wow. where the Walker Brothers mm. played regularly. And for anyone... Um, of my gender who saw him he was gorgeous mm -hmm. and I had a big poster on my wall <laughs> but um, some years ago my youngest son and myself were cohabiting together and he came home one night he had really weird taste in music it, it was quite extraordinary and he started to talk about this pop star who'd become a complete recluse and then he'd come back out of being a recluse and he'd started to make this very strange music that he played for me. But it turned out to be Scott Walker. <laughs> so I, I don't think he was as impressed with his pop star life as he was with his... So you started so, playing old yeah. Scott Walker. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so I have actually got one Scott Walker song... <coughs> uh, uh, um, memory in my own family, which is a, a cousin of mine went to see... I went to see them in, in um, Bournemouth and was totally in love with Scott Walker and threw her purse, threw her purse at the stage, which had her bus fare home. <laughs> <laughs> she had to walk home and I always remember that story because um, nobody gave her back her purse or her no. money, you know. Mm. But this is a, a song, the song is The Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore and it's really, really, it's, it's stood the test of time, yeah. you know, so uh, it's just a beautiful song. I'm going to play that now. Your next choice for soundtrack to my life is um, is from the musical genre. Do you do you like musicals? Do you enjoy them? I love them. And when my children were small, 
um, I used to take them all the time to the concert hall and to the different musicals and to the theatre. Just, I even used to bring them down here to the theatre festival in Scarif yes. every every spring. I used to take them out of school, but they also loved the musicals. So it was really big part of our life and of their growing up. Yes, and um, I know. We went to Les Miserables, Miserable, I'd say, about eight times. Wow. <laughs> did you? Where did Manu, you see it? We in saw Dublin? It in Dublin. Yes, yeah, yeah, we saw it uh, in Dublin, in, yeah. in most of the theatres. Wow. And my youngest son particularly loved it. We had yeah. the, the CD in the car that we yeah. used to play a lot. But we also saw, saw it when Colin Wilkinson made his final appearance oh my and goodness it was me. very special that must have it been was very where was special. that where was that on that was in i think it might have been the olympia oh, i'm not sure the but it was yeah. really just spectacular yeah and he, no it could have been also no it was probably in the point actually yeah he was something else was it was point. it was I, amazing yes <clears throat> and but then i saw it i saw the the east clare musical society uh did um different songs from it and yes. they were absolutely yes. spectacular they certainly were They're and it so was just talented. you know a few months ago this has been recorded in july 2022 we would have seen their the a night at the uh, night at yeah. the cabaret, cabaret a night at the musicals mm. which was in the spring and they certainly gave an amazing uh, of this particular song of the song that oh, you've, yes, you've chosen or, or any song yes, i mean yeah, they also yeah. um, bring him home the, bring him home was yes, amazing yeah. that the talent is spectacular but, um, but it's so rousing <clears throat> and yeah i think when you have a soundtrack in the car like that for journeys you know yes, with, yeah. with with children and everybody gets to know the words of it it's a it's great fun too that so, was when we'd migrated to that I, I must say when we were coming up and down when there were small children in ancient cars that <laughs> broke down frequently we used to sing different songs ourselves just to <laughs> keep for us the alive of... <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i know so we're going to hear do you hear the people sing from limes Sing, singing the song of angry men. It is the music of a people who will not be slaves again. When the beating of your heart echoes the beating of the drums, there is a life about to start when tomorrow comes. Will you join in a crusade? Who will be strong and stand with me beyond the barricade? The blood of the martyrs will water the meadows of
that was fabulous to, to hear. Do you hear the people sing from Les Mis? And um, Mary, we're going to, we're travelling abroad now, I think, well, further abroad than France, to um, to a time where you were travelling a good bit with work. Do you want to tell, tell me about that time? Yeah, I suppose I travelled quite a lot with work. Um, I got involved with um, a couple of European and international associations really to do with education and radiotherapy and also trying to improve quality and safety. So I did a lot with risk management and that sort of thing. So one place I worked quite a bit on various uh, projects was with the International Atomic Energy Agency, their radiotherapy department and we were back and forth to Vienna a lot and it, it's just the most beautiful city yes and then I was lucky enough I had a contract there for three months um over one Christmas wow and it was just ball season so we went to a New Year's Eve ball oh which was amazing me. experience yeah. just amazing we had waltz lessons and went on into the night and ended in the early hours in the morning with fireworks displays yeah. and yeah it was very special it I've never wonderful. heard anybody go there that just hasn't absolutely loved yeah. the experience of, of Vienna it's it's just lovely and working in the agency too because every nationality under the sun was there and when you went to the cafeteria they had dishes from every country in the world yes. and uh, yeah no it was really really very great privilege i think yeah. great privilege would you have, have been much experience. into classical music would that have been would you would you have liked a lot of classical music before being somewhere like that or i did yeah, yeah. We, we used to go um probably once a month to the concert hall my yeah. partner has was a friend of the concert hall, so we used to go at least once a month yes, to the yeah, concert hall. Yeah. So you've chosen uh, the, the Strauss classic, the Blue Danube, and uh, I, I know the station master, um, he who should be obeyed, Jim Collins, also chose this Blue Danube. Okay. <laughs> so we'll hear it now. That sounded like a magical time to spend in Vienna and have that. And, it's, you know, just what an experience. But you, 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 you're well-travelled, of course, and you've been to Down Under. You've been to Australia, and I think that's where your next choice comes from, a time where you were down in Australia. Yeah. It is, yeah. I was in Australia a few times, yeah, uh, yeah. which was extraordinary because it's not somewhere you'd think you'd go yeah. to. I was actually there twice for work, but then my son and his girlfriend at the time 
they went to Australia and, and they got married then subsequently and had one of the children. Um, but they were there for over five years. And at one point I went out to give them a hand when the baby, one of the babies was born. And my son got tickets um, for Madame Butterfly. Um, and it wasn't actually in the concert hall. It wasn't in the opera house in Sydney. It was outside along the quays. Oh. And it was just wonderful. I is mean, the whole circular setting. Key? Yeah, just, key? just along beside yes. the, the, the Sydney Opera House, looking out onto the water. And it was just fabulous. It was an amazing experience. And, it yeah. rained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and someone told me, uh, I, I was fascinated because all the people around me had plastic raincoats. And I said, raincoat they said well it's sydney it rains so i said fair enough we don't hear that on the other side of the world <laughs> but no it was a wonderful experience and i was glad they came home i can't pretend i'm no anything but an irish mammy and no, i want them all near me exactly but that must have been a very happy time to have been there and with the family and to have experienced uh, puccini as yeah. opera at uh, the mountain butterfly and i think we're going to hear the maria, maria callas version of this towards the end, not quite the end, but um, there's a, I suppose in the circle of life, your, your second last choice is a, a traditional, a local traditional musician. Why have you picked Martin Hayes? Well, I suppose I, I see a lot of circles in life. I talked about one already where my son was also a fan of Scott Walker in <laughs> yeah. a different circle and I also had an interesting experience a few years ago. I went back to, to Chelsea to a workshop in the Royal Marsden Hospital and it didn't strike me until I got right to the door almost that their education centre was where I went to infant school. Oh, that's so I probably sat in the same room when I was five yes, as, yes. as subsequently. And then, of course, the whole thing of... The traditional music and my parents having gone from Clare to London and always had roots here and then my coming back via Dublin back to where it all started so yes. I suppose that's the full circle and growing up with traditional music in the house all the time with the concertina or even people singing if we had people in that coming back here then it's so steeped in traditional music and yes. we've fabulous musicians locally i mean i could have picked manus maguire yes. who's a, a, an amazing fiddle yes. player or fianna nee connell when, from the harp festival but i think martin hayes is really very special yes and we used to see him in the concert hall he was the artist in residence about three years ago and it, it was really a great experience so i think i would pick and any time you see martin hayes mm -hmm. in any of his imaginings in in whatever 
format, you know, on his own with the late Dennis Cahill, with the gloaming. Every experience is so rich. It and, is. It's wonderful. You know. yeah. So we're going to play The Moherborn <clears throat> Reel by Martin Hayes. come to the before we get to the your, your last musical choice I've really enjoyed first of all I have to say I've really enjoyed the, the the musical choices and the memories that you've shared with us and bringing our listeners up to date now you have transitioned from a, a base in London growing up in London holidaying back in Ireland back in back in East Clare to living qualifying to and, and, and traveling the world really with work being based back in Dublin and now resident in Tomb Grainy. And you are very much resident and very much, and I know, very much a part of uh, of the, the great community that is Tomb Grainy. Do you, do you love being down there? I do. Um, and it is an interesting transition um, coming from London to Dublin to Tomb Grainy. It, it, it is. Um, and I wasn't sure. I, it was what I always planned to do, but... Oh, for, for the last number of years. But then when you come, it's very small and you don't really know anyone. You think you do because your roots are here, but yes. you don't. So I just decided to join everything. Good for you. Because then I'm sure everybody's delighted you, you get did. to meet people when you do that. Yes. And the community is wonderful. Yes, it's, it's yeah, just it's very wonderful. active. And I know you were involved recently <laughs> with the Heart Festival as well, yeah. and you're you're in the TDA and the all ICA. that. Yeah, it's very social, uh, and yeah. people are lovely. And there's and and what I thought was really interesting because there's no advertising, and maybe that was where in the beginning I felt a bit lost because you don't know what's happening. Everything is almost word of mouth. You have yes. to know somebody who tells you something is on. Yeah. Um, so it took a while, but it, it's it's such a, a, a fabulous environment to yeah. live in. And there are actually so many like organisations, societies, <laughs> so much going on. Like I suppose if you want to act, if you want to be, you know, go to the musicals or whatever, there, there's still a lot that goes on in East Clare. It seems to be really thriving. But there's you know. something for everybody. And even um, more recently, I took up gardening and uh, because the CLCD, CLCD, CLDC. Um, runs all these courses for people. So What's the CLDC? I, it's the Clare and Limerick Education oh, Development okay. Centre. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah, and they run these amazing courses. So yes. I'm doing gardening, and then I had a try at stained glass, and I had a try at mosaic. So yes. it, it's really. And there's always openings so in Scarif Bay Community Radio. Let me just put that in <laughs> as well. Always looking for volunteers, too. So you're very, you, you are very busy. 
busy. And But of course, you are still working as well. So you probably get as much of the urban life as you want when you're moving around with work as well and, and then come come back down to Clare and maybe yeah. for a quieter life. But um, tell me about your, your, your final choice of music. Yeah. Is it your favourite piece? I think it is my very favourite piece, actually. And it's Scorn Not His Simplicity by Luke Kelly. And I know he doesn't sing it very often, but I, I think he was singing it the first time I saw the Dubliners. And it just has so much emotion and feeling in it. And it's such a meaningful song that I think it, it, it just draws really from his soul almost. Yes, so the, the, Phil, the Phil special. Coulter song. Yeah, and it's very I, special. I think if you can count yourself amongst somebody who's actually saw that version of the Dubliners with Luke Kelly, you yeah. know, you really are yeah. very lucky. Um, thank you very much, Mary, for joining us. Thank you for having uh, me. We've really enjoyed <laughs> it. And we're going to go out now with Scorn Not His Simplicity by Luke Kelly. Scorn his simplicity, but rather try to love him all the more. Scorn not his simplicity, oh no. 